Good morning. What's going on, everybody? Buckeye Roast, 8 a.m. You know what time it is. Special shout out to Wayne. He's the first one to chat today. Wayne, special shout out. Hey, man, appreciate you coming through. Appreciate seeing you every episode, of course. If you first, you always get a shout out, man. That is the rule. What's going on, Ron? How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Finally coming back to life. I felt like I was on my deathbed these past couple days, but your boy is feeling significantly better. So I'm glad to be with you guys here this morning, and I'm feeling much better. So can't complain, can't complain. Yeah, yeah, man. We vibing today. We early, but we, we feeling good. Obviously, we got a good show for y'all today. Great show, man. We never have a good show. We, we only do great show. We only do bangers, bro. We're Chris Drew. We only do bangers around here. <laughs> I just show up and do bangers. <laughs> show up and do bangers. What, what are we talking about? Anyway, yesterday, Ryan Day talks. So we, so we got some interviews going on. Ryan Day, Jim Knowles talk. A lot of good information in there. A lot to talk about. But before we get into that, I want to make sure everybody like the video. We in here early. Go ahead and run those up. Go ahead and let me know how you feel about what Ryan Day said. We're going to get into that. And any notes you, you have, you want to talk about, any questions, go ahead and put them in there. Um, I'm going to pass it to Ron because actually we got something to let y'all know about. We've been, we've been holding something for a little bit, but we, we got something to let y'all know about something very special. Ron, you can take it away and then we'll, we'll, we'll touch back on it later. But Ron, go ahead. Yeah, so when the channel hit monetization, um, we had a big announcement. We were super excited. We hit 1K on the channel, and uh, I hinted that we had another announcement coming soon. And yeah, uh, I got invited to the Bleacher Report creator program. So I will be hosting a live stream for Bleacher Report, uh, doing an Ohio State preview tomorrow within the Bleacher Report app at 2 p.m. So a double dose. I mean, you're getting four shows in... 48 hours you got the edric houston commitment tonight live on the channel you yep. have us tomorrow at 8 a.m and then i am again back in the bleacher report app live at 2 p.m tomorrow doing ohio state season preview so super thankful for bleacher report for reaching out and asking me to do this so i am super excited to represent best damn media and the buckeyes and preview this upcoming season because I couldn't be more excited about it. So again, super thankful to Bleacher Report. Hope to see all of you guys in there. So if you don't have the Bleacher Report app, make sure you go download that app. And yeah, pull up and see the live stream tomorrow. I am doing a season preview for the Buckeyes. Yeah, man. Very excited. Need everybody in there. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. We'll remind you. Make sure everybody knows because we, we need you. We got to run these up. We got to keep growing, keep taking these good opportunities. So, man, can't wait to get into it. So, back into the show. Let's go ahead and hop into it. So, Ryan Day finally talked. We waited. You know what I'm saying? We were, we were holding off. We we're like, oh, man, you know, Ryan Day need to come out and say something. He came out and said something. What exactly what we thought he was going to come out and say, but let's jump into it. So Ryan Day talked. He did not name a starter, Ron. Not yet. We still holding off. But what he did do is he talked about the guys' competition, talked about both guys great as champions. It's, it's split down the middle, all that good stuff. What did you get a feel of from what Ryan Day said? Pussy. The whole <laughs> interview. The whole interview was pussy. Like, it sounds like he knows who the quarterback is, but he doesn't want to say. And honestly, that timid fucking unsure behavior is what had us so critical of Ryan Day last year. And I thought after the energy that we saw in the Georgia game that we would see a different demeanor and a more cutthroat approach from Ryan Day. And it's more of the same. That interview felt so pussy to me, I couldn't even take it. Um, uh, honestly, the fact that this quarterback battle could potentially drag into the uh, into the season makes me sick um i think ryan day needs to really figure it out and get on and name the starter if you took a poll with your coaching staff and you said it's almost 50 50 if it's almost 50 50 that means it was not 50 50 there's 10 assistants on staff which means at least you had a 6-4 vote in one way or the other for a particular quarterback you have you have two scrimmages under the belt you've had Cal McCord in your system for three two three years you've had Devin Brown in your system for two if you can't name a quarterback by now I don't know what's going on I get that they're both great guys but I think for the sake of the team the leader needs to be established um they need to take the reins and I feel like just for the team it would be best to have a quarterback to move forward because 
honestly, I don't see how this circus around the program is beneficial at this point. I, I you keep hearing it's fifty fifty, it's fifty fifty. He even said at one point, uh, if two guys are equal, go with the guy who's been in the program longer. Huh? Yeah. Why? Yeah, said, if, what? if all things are completely equal, why would you not play a guy if completely equal, no difference? Why would you not play the guy that would be in the program for two years? This is not a charity case that, you know what I mean? This is not the YMCA. This is not the rec league. Everyone does not have to play. This is Ohio State where we're competing for championships. And if someone's feelings are going to get hurt in this quarterback battle, then do it. That's why you get paid the big bucks, buddy. Make the decision. I mean, that interview, honestly, like, it was infuriating to watch. What were your thoughts? Yeah, um, like you said, Almost 50 50 is impossible. There's not a there's not an even number. So <laughs> what does that exactly mean? Exactly. Somebody, somebody got the nod. And also, too, yeah, I, I wanted to touch on that because the two guys equal will go with the guy who's been in the program the longest. That just seems like a whole like program thing. Like, oh, well, you've been here longer. It's like, no, man. Obviously, the younger dude in a less amount of time has caught the older person or passed him, whatever, whatever, or is very close to enough where it's like, okay. This dude needs game time, and he needs game time, and is that close? He's going to pass him with game time and experience. So let's roll with it. You got to do what's best for the program. I mean, it, it's not even at this point where it's like, a, it's like a question. It's like, what are we doing? It's time to roll, man. The season starts in what? We got two weeks? Two weeks. Yes, the sir. season starts. It's very weird. We talked about it um, both to ourselves and on the show that, like, you know, but playing is there an option to play both guys? Is he gonna do the, the hardball thing? Bro, we play teams that we're not gonna for the first three weeks, everybody's gonna should look like a Heisman contender here. Like, that's not gonna help you make a choice unless one dude ridiculously balls out, which they're both young, they haven't really played before. Even Kyle McCord, uh Ryan Day's been holding them back like he's doing his Dean Smith impression. So I, I think both of the guys will play well in the first three weeks, but what are we doing? We know we know who's better. All the reports are saying, you know, even if it's even, one guy's younger, he's more athletic, like, let's roll. So I, I don't like this at all. I'm not rocking with it. Make a decision. Let, let's be a serious program because it sounds real unserious right now when you can't name a starter two weeks out. It's going to be two weeks out. You don't know who's going to start for your team? Come on, bro. Yeah. I mean, is this starting to feel like 2015? I mean, man, I mean, like, yeah, but also, too, it's just like, I mean, 2015, I felt like because of the circumstances, it was a little bit different. JT was coming back from injury. You really didn't see JT, but he played at a Heisman. Like, he had proved that he could play at a Heisman level before the season started. So even though Cardell came in hot, changed the, changed the offense, and really got us going to the point where, the offense changed so we can win a natty. So I can see, like, okay, this guy played at a Heisman level, but this guy has proven that he can elevate the offense to a level of something we didn't have before he stepped on the field. Then it's like, okay, neither of these guys have done any of that. Neither of these guys have, have proven already that they deserve to be on the field. So all you can do is take into account what they've done at practice and who's been better at practice. And Ryan Day talks about, I chart the numbers. I do this. Everything is down to a percentage. We know everything. Okay then you should have the story because ain't no way that's 50 50 it's not possible okay somebody is outperforming and if it's that close this go with the older guy shit is, is ridiculous um you go with the younger guy you roll and let's go like is, is do you think ryan days do you think ryan day scared to pull the trigger on devin brown because of hurting people's feelings i mean ryan day has never seemed like a i'm scared to hurt somebody's feelings like type guy this is the first time I, I would have that question because he, he just doesn't seem like that guy he, we see him make the only time was when he kept Kerry Combs around for a second year and I'm like all right like what, what are we doing like why are you coming keep him for a second year whatever that's the only time I really questioned Ryan Day's decision making Ryan Day's very seemed like a hey I'm making a decision and let's ride with this is the first time I question it and the longer we go and the longer we wait is the longer I question like is this a championship team like is this team Ready to go. Georgia name they quarterback. They ready to go. Let's go. Let's try to go three P. So that's standard. Name your guy, roll with it, put your nuts on the table, and let's go. So, I mean, if you don't think that he's scared to name someone and hurt someone's feelings, um, 
do you think there can Ryan Day get this quarterback decision wrong? What would that look like in your eyes if he quote unquote got this wrong? Him getting this wrong is is doing the the Michigan special, playing both guys for three games when one guy needed that lion's share of reps going into the Notre Dame game, big time game, going there at night. You don't know, you don't know, you know, what you're really going to get from this team until they get tested, and that's another Dame game. So you need to prepare the guy who's going to start as well as possible and go in there and make that's, that's a very statement game. Like after that game, we're going to know where the season is going. You screwed us up by playing both guys and bullshitting walking into the biggest game the early part of the season. So how far does this quarterback battle drag into the season before you're like, all right, cut the bullshit. I want to start her name. Because I mean, clearly, I mean, I mean, from what we've said so far, it seems like you're okay with where we're at in this battle. Where I'm a little more like, put your fucking foot down and give me my starter. So no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not okay with with where we are with the battle with him. Not even like I expect. Like I truly will have my questions if I don't hear a starter name this week. After this week, one game till the, I mean, one week until the season. If you you gotta start to prepare, you gotta start to give the guy the lion's share of the reps. You're talking about 50 50 at the end of the week. My, my questions go from like uh 50% concern to 100 percent concern. So that's where I'm at. I'm not holding off. I don't want to see two guys play in week one and not know a starter. I mean, there's too much on the line, there's too much talent on this team around the roster. It's too much time where like guys who are gonna be here aren't gonna be here next year. You can't waste their time. And the team knows, <laughs> like Cam said, the team knows. They know already. If if you could get, if you if you had a cousin or something on the team right now, you hit them. I guarantee you, they would be like, you know, this is the better guy. So they know already. So like, like I said, what are what are we doing? He he can definitely get this wrong. And do you think, in the in the sense of getting this wrong, do you think it's just something that messes with team chemistry, or do you think that this could potentially cost Ohio State a game at some point? an incorrect decision in this quarterback battle. I don't think it could cost Ohio state a game, but I think it can cost the coaches some trust. Um, I, I don't think there's a scenario where even we, we lose to Notre Dame. I felt, I felt like they don't have the firepower to, to roll around with us. They bring in Sam Hartman. They don't really have the receivers. One of their best receivers is now playing corner for us. Like I don't feel like it's a, a true threat, but I feel like it's a, it's a game like, you can you can slip up a little bit and find yourself in a ball game and be like, how did we get here? But um, I don't think it would cost us a game necessarily. I just think like the coaches want to. I mean, the players would be like, yo, it's season time. We've been doing we've done all this nonsense in the off season. We've been training. We've been working hard. We've been doing all that. We're getting to the point where it's time to finally have that payoff, and we know who's better. And you're not telling us like it's a little bit of trust here. Absolutely. You want to see that decision made. And uh, I think the more that this lingers, like the more that uh, the concern grows in, in all facets, in the fan base, in the coaching stuff. Because again, what do, what do you think this is, is? Is there a divide in the Woody? Like, is there is there distrust amongst the staff if they're split on this quarterback decision? I saw Doreen say in the uh, comments, this is Ryan Day's decision. Ryan Day said in the conference, it's his, or in his press conference, it's his decision. But at what point do you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, am I too attached to this? Uh, am I missing? Because, I mean, he even questioned. He said, I took a poll of the staff to see, am I getting this wrong? Am I missing something? Is he missing something right now? I want I want to play it like maybe this is a little different than just the quarterback battle. Maybe this is a media thing. Cause I I feel like Ryan Day knows. I feel like you have a coaches only meeting. You take the poll. You probably did not leave that meeting saying, "Dang, this is close. I might play both guys." Like blah blah blah. I feel like he fully left that meeting. Like I know who my quarterback is. I've we we've decided as a staff. We took a poll and we're like, okay, this is clearly the guy. And he's rolling, and maybe he's just not telling us. Maybe he's really just playing the media game. Because I, I would have high questions that he actually. What, what value does this circus around the program add? I mean, it doesn't unless you start to dive deeper into maybe his media connections. So obviously, we all know 
what's transpired the last the last so you're telling me and and this has been floated multiple times and it's honestly one of the most insane theories i've heard around (laughs) ohio state football that ryan day is dragging this out to protect the credibility of austin ward and as funny as that would be that is fucking patently absurd. There's absolutely no way we're dragging out one of the most high-profile quarterback battles in the name of fucking Austin Ward. No disrespect, but no one gives a fuck about him, to be completely <laughs> honest. Like, there's no way that Ohio State, the biggest football program in the country, is fucking scheduling media availability because of Austin Ward's feelings. I, I, I like it's but, funny yeah, but, to say, hey, this guy got it wrong, and you know what I mean? He's been on Comic Accord the whole time. There's absolutely no way this whole dog and pony show is to protect Austin Ward's feelings. And if it is, shame on everyone involved in this fucking cover up of a grown man's feelings. It could it could also too not just be and that would be honestly funny. It could also too be a little bit of hanging servers to Kyle McCord. I I don't know, man. It it feels how weird is it to move up a a press conference and say absolutely fucking nothing? Like how how weird? Like you move up, but we don't have press conference that day. No, we're moving up the press conference to that day. I come out and I give you nothing. Like at like. Why? Why didn't you just keep it at the original date? I think it's because when when the news broke and obviously everybody's like, oh, shoot, Devin Brown has been rocking. He's been leading for his long time. He's probably going to be the starter. Oh, let me get out and calm that storm down because maybe for Kyle McCord. I don't know if it's necessarily for the beat. I mean, it, it could. Is that a possibility? Sure. But it may be more like, let me calm it down for Kyle McCord than for everybody else and protecting the beat. It could be one of those things, but it's very, it's weird. It's like, <laughs> like, why even do that? That could, that could be my only two reasons is either protect a relationship with the beat, which is less likely or protect Kyle McCord, which is more likely to say, no, this is still a competition. He's still in it. We're trying to keep him in the program, things like that. I think it's borderline offensive to everyone else that covers this team to think that Austin Ward is important enough to dictate the <laughs> Ohio state's media releases. Like I really do. I mean, that relationship with the quarterback, though, I mean, Common Core has been in the program for three years. I'm sure it's a great relationship with his family. Like, that is important enough to maybe just pump the brakes a little bit. I think it is. Or, I mean, if you value that relationship uh, as much as everyone claims that they do, why not fucking tell your mans that Devin Brown is the quarterback the same way that Zach found out then? I if mean, you really rock, we- if you really rock with your mans like that, how are they in the dark? <laughs> How does that get him before now? If this if this is your man's that you care so much about that you're gonna change your whole media schedule and you're gonna let the circus continue to linger around the program to protect your man's, why wouldn't you just tell him who the quarterback is instead of having him out here looking like a goofy, saying the wrong thing the whole time? If that's the case, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know if his relationship with the B is maybe that much to protect to go fully out and protect him. I mean, I get your point. It's just and again, like, it's Ryan Day. Like yeah. anyone, again, anyone would kill for the level of access that these guys get. So if Ryan Day says, "You know what? I don't need you," and wants to put someone else in that position of access and feed them the information and make them the guy as far as information, Ryan Day holds that power. Not these guys. These guys are dependent on what Ryan Day gives them and what Ohio State gives them. So, I mean, this idea that, like, Ryan has to, you know, bend for any of these guys is, is laughable. I, I, I just think, I just think that, se- that theory is just so crazy because the idea of protecting the beat, and, it, and if that is what it is, how about you protect the beat and let them know up front and not have them for three weeks tell everyone that Kyle McCord's the what's the phrase that they use leader in the clubhouse (laughs) and ryan day has treated this whole situation like fort knox since he's got here we don't know we don't know when players get hurt we don't know when players can play we don't know no death chart it's like ryan day has held everything down and put everything in question until we see it on the field we don't know if a player's hurt until it's game time 
and they, they don't walk out there. We don't know who's starting until this game. So I'm like, well, where is CJ Hicks in the depth chart? Who the hell knows? He could be starting. He could be behind a walk-on. Don't nobody know if Ryan Day, he has played this to the almost point where it's extreme, like, like, like he got some government secrets or something. Like, are they building nukes in the woody? Like, you know what I'm saying? Are they going to are they going to fight Russia soon? Like, I don't know where he's going. It was he's damn near Oppenheimer with the way he's holding information out. So is it is it crazy for him to come out and put some doubt and put some questions in the air in a press conference? Not to me, because he's played it like that the whole time. But protecting relationships or not, that's Ryan Day. He's the master, Chris said he's the master of coach speak. He's the master of we leave like what the fuck is really going on. So that's that's just who he is. So I can't put it past him. I can't put it past him just to throw it out there for just more mystery. Yeah, man, at this point, I, re- I really don't have any guesses at what's going on here. I mean, if I really had to, if, if you put my feet to the fire, I would say Ryan Day is uncertain in his decision. Um, I feel like he had an idea of who he thought the guy was coming into fall camp and that picture is starting to get cloudy. And I feel like he's having trouble pull the trigger uh, for the sake of someone's feelings. And again, I, I've talked on the show a million times. I want to see the Kyle McCord, Marvin Harrison Jr. Connection in an Ohio state uniform. I think that storyline is amazing. You know what I mean? High school friends won championships in PA together. All of that good stuff. But at the end of the day, if the whole staff thinks that Devin Brown's the better quarterback, play Devin Brown. He, Ryan Day said in his press conference, you need to do what's best for Ohio State. And if it's Devin Brown, play Devin Brown. And if it's Kyle McCord, play Kyle McCord. Just let me know who the starter is. And like, uh, I, I just find it hard to believe that between two years of Devin Brown in the program, three Kyle McCord, that we need to take this shit into the regular season. But if we do, I'm going to be rooting for both of them. And you know what I mean? I know Q probably won't be rooting for both of them because we know he's all a closet Hoosier fan. Week one, he's going to be rooting for Indiana because he doesn't ever want to disrespect them. But I will be rooting for the Buckeyes regardless. So we'll just have to see how this plays out into the season. Shout out to our guy, Big Chris Drew, with the first super chat of the day. Coaches don't fill a line. That's something that we started to touch on, but we really didn't dive into. What type of what what type of problems could this potentially cause in for that this coaching staff? If there's a divide and and the staff is split on who the quarterback is, and the majority of the staff loses out on the decision, because ultimately Ryan Day did say this is his decision. So, do you think this? Do you think people are looking at Ryan Day side eye if he goes against the grain? and what the rest of the staff says, and it doesn't work out the way he anticipates? I mean, I don't think he's going to necessarily go against the staff. Um, and honestly, too, he, he's the leader. Like, what are, coaches don't feel line. Okay, this is what we're doing. This is what we're rolling with. That's why they pay me $8 million a year. I don't know what Ryan Day makes, but it's something we'd all love to have. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that, it, that's why you pay – like, Urban. Urban made decisions that everybody was like, what? What are we doing? Who who's the OC? You know who's the DC? Like, Big head up- Ed, you heard him. <laughs> what I'm saying, like Urban made those decisions, but he made it. He put his nuts on the table, said, "This is what we're going to, rightfully or wrongfully. That's why you get paid the big bucks. If it works out, we we'll give you all the praises. If it doesn't work out, we're going to criticize you." So, I mean, the coaches may be like, ah, or like, you know, you may go particularly this way, but whether it's Kyle McCord, Devin Brown, Lincoln Holt, Tristan Jivia. You know, whether he picks either four of them, Ryan, they put his nuts on the table, make the decision because that's what you get paid $8 million to do. I don't care if we align or not. We're going to be aligned after I tell you what we're doing. <laughs> like, well, that's what that happens when you're the boss. Like, I manage projects. I'm saying, hey, it's going this particular way. I don't care if you aligned or not. That's what we're doing. If it blows up, it's on me. If it works out, everybody's going to be like, hey, hey, Darian, great choice. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's, that's just the responsibility you get in that line of work. Put your nuts on the table and roll with it, rightfully or wrongfully. I mean, at least you, you made a decision, like, pussyfooting around and like, I, I don't know, guys, what do y'all think? Like, let's all hang out. Like, no, I make $50,000, $500,000, you make $8 million. Made the decision, let's go. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess they could look at him and say, you make the money, make the decision. But I think a lot of them are like, hey, my career depends on how we do this season. Make the fucking right decision. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think anybody's, lo- I don't think anybody's losing money because they the, the only person who it really affects is good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The only person is he's, he's doing all right. I think he'll be fine. So, <laughs> so uh, I think we hit on everything that we had down for the Ryan Day interview. We want to jump into our guy, Jim Knowles. Jim Knowles. One of the first things he said was, Sonny has locked up one of the starting safety positions alongside presumed starter, everyone new coming into the season, Lathan Ransom. So we have two of those safety spots locked up with Lathan and Sonny. Just wanted to get your thoughts on that because – I mean, a common topic and theme on this channel is play Sonny Styles more. I mean, I think there's at least eight graphics on this channel with Sonny Styles on the cover and us pounding the table to play this kid more. So just your thoughts, knowing that we are going to actually get our wish and see a heavy dose of Sonny Styles on this defense this year. All right. Before I jump to that, like Doreen said, everybody liked the video. We got 55 people in here. We got more traffic in here, so if you were here I see that goofy Notre Dame fan, Michael, that claims he hates us but somehow managed to find our channel and come watch our show. Shout out to you, weirdo. Hey, Mike, like the video while you're in here. Do us a service. Yeah, we we put a uh, special announcement early. So if you was in here early, you heard it. If you weren't in here, we got a special announcement for you later. Nobody spoil it because we will announce it again. Um, But, yeah. Ryan Day needs to take a a note out of Jim Knowles' book. What did Jim Knowles do? He named the starter. He named another starter. He said, hey, there's been a lot of hype about this guy. He's starting. Let's roll. What do we say all offseason? Sonny Styles has to play. He has to play. If he was not starting, my trust would have went out the window for Jim Nose. I'm like, what are we doing? Got this prototype over here, this freak show, this Isaiah Simmons, as y'all call him. Let's roll. And that's what he's doing. He's a Sonny Styles. He's playing. He's starting. He's locked up his spot. Late the ransom, he's back. He's improved. He's locked up his spot. I got one more where it's a battle. I'm letting you know who's battling for it and who's at the top for that spot, putting it out there, and let's ride with this defense. Like, this is what I want to hear two weeks in. I want to hear this guy's going to play. I want to hear this guy's going to play, and I want to hear let's go. Like, that, that's all we ask you for. Ryan Day, follow suit. Go do the same things. I love it. Sonny Styles is going to be a freak show. He's going to fly around the field. He's going to make plays. He's about to become a household name, not just in Bug Eye lore, but for the nation. They're going to know who he is. I love what I heard out of Jim Knowles. So I just want to let everyone know they can find me on Twitter at 2 underscore T-E-E-S for anyone that wants to send apologies. (laughs) A direct quote from Jim Knowles in his interview. Cody has got to play a lot at linebacker. So does CJ. I have to do a better job at projecting for the end of the season. Where have we heard that? I swear I've heard plenty of Twitter coaches say it, and they've been criticized. Myself, a Hall of Fame Twitter coach, has been quite <laughs> offended by all the criticism that I've taken this offseason by There's pounding battle. the table, saying this absurd take. You know what I mean? I know. I, I, you know what I mean? I've never had my hand in the dirt. I didn't play at a D1 level. I didn't play in the league. I didn't coach, but, and tell me if I'm off base here. What do you think about this theory, Q? Go ahead. Play the five stars. Oh, wow. Um, very risky to play the five. Like, you you probably lose some games. Doing, man, what, what are we doing? Yes. What are we doing? <laughs> play the five stars. Play the free show. There are some dudes that were projected to be first-round picks when they walked out of high school. At least put them out there. We didn't put some guys out there we know that were, weren't even close to five stars that we know we're going to get a liability. They got they shot and played. Play the five stars, man. Get them out there. Let's roll. Like, there's no reason to be holding these guys back. When we talk about Georgia's defense, their free show, they don't hold nobody back. We saw freshmen flying all over the field and we played against them. Play the five stars. Let's go. Exactly. But all jokes aside, I want to give Jim Knowles his credit. I started off the show by saying that Ryan Day's press conference pissed me off and it was pussy. Jim Knowles came out and put his fucking foot down, admitted his faults. He said that he learned from last year that he needs to play guys more. He needs to project more for the end of the season and making sure that Cody Simon is getting early season reps. CJ Hicks is getting early season reps. So we're not beating up 
Heisman contenders like Tommy Heismanberg. We want to keep our stars healthy. We want to make sure that they're flying around in championship games. You know what I mean? Tommy was looking a little slow out there on some of those deep routes and coverage against Georgia. I'm going to blame it on his legs being dead because we weren't playing CJ Hicks enough. That's the story that I'm sticking to. But like, you know what I mean? Jim Knowles came out and said, Sonny's playing. He's not afraid. He Malik, He's talking about Malik Harford being in the battle of free safety. You know, he's going to rotate guys. Caden Curry's going to play. You hear that the names that you think should play on this team are going to play. And it's something that we discussed on yesterday's show um, and previous shows. There's too much talent on this defense to screw it up. There's only one or two positions that you can get a little funky with. But for the most part, this defense is deep. And it, I think it's the most depth that we've seen since 2019. And I feel like that gives them some leeway. But even with that leeway, it seems like Jim Knowles is dialed in to who he wants to play on this team. And I think um, he has his guys locked in. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it's a hard decision. I think it's time to roll. You know the guys. There's four safeties on this team that could potentially play. We know who they are. There's probably four corners on this team who potentially play. We know who they are. That makes it very easy and, and lock it up right there. We have four linebackers who can play. He knows who they are. Um, and and like we talked with um, like when I talked with Chris Drew, I'm like, you know, you play these guys early, potentially at the end of the season. You know, you may have players who, because you gave them early time, they just pick up and they just like take off like a rocket. And it's like, oh, we got an All-American here. I didn't know we were going to have him, but because we gave him early time in the season, he started to shine. We rode that momentum. You know, we got a player under our hands, <clears throat> like Georgia did with Malachi Starks. Played him early in the season. By the end of the season, it looked like he'd been there for three years. So that's the move. That's the way to run it. I mean, play the talent. Let's see what they can do. And you you have other players around. If you know, if they don't cut it, you still have veterans in the room. You still have people you can rely on. So, like, like, like you said, let's roll. So we've reached that point in the show where we have our official Malik Hartford ad. You know, it's a paid sponsorship that we do in every episode. Uh, Jim Knowles was talking about that last safety spot, and he said it's going to be a battle between three people. Proctor, Malik, and Jihad Carter. Both times that he referenced that position, he said that order. He said it in that order. And I don't know about you guys. I don't know what type of beef Perry Eliana has with Josh Proctor, but I've never seen anyone disappear from gameplay longer than Josh Proctor for missing a single tackle in a Notre Dame game. <laughs> so, I mean, we saw how short his leash was last year. He's a six-year COVID senior at this point, I believe. Yeah, Fifth-year guy? Six-year Fifth guy. Fifth or six-year guy. He's been in the program a long time. Uh, he's had a shot. I mean, he broke his leg in the uh, Oregon game back in 21. That was supposed to be his year. You know, we saw what happened last year. So, I mean, this is his like sink or swim moment this this season. But we hear a guy, Malik Hartford, freshman, really pushing him. So uh, the fact that Malik is is pushing a guy like Proctor with that much experience, and that we just keep hearing his name more and more. I think it's going to be inevitable. He's going to take that spot. If it's not in week one, it will be by the end of the year. Um, I think it's weird that those guys are in a battle for this third safety spot. This, this throws me off a little bit because I guess if Sonny is truly pay, playing the nickel, that makes sense. And I guess I would say that this is what the strong safety role is going to put Latham at free or kind of that roamer safety. And then this is the guys in the box. But then why would Jihad Carter be there as well? So this is it. It's odd that he's like, because I, I heard Jahad Carter and and uh, Josh Proctor, and I'm like, okay, is this for the free safety? I guess that makes some sense. So I'm I'm a little confused on how they're aligning this, and all three of those guys are in the battle for what spot? I don't know, but um, this is good for Malik Hartford. He's young. He's battling. He's going to be up there. He's going to get game reps. Very important. Y'all know I'm a fan of Josh Proctor. I think he can play. I think he can be a really good free safety on this team. Um, but I mean, only a certain number of guys can play. If those, if it's Sonny Styles and and Lathan Ransom, then I feel like Jahad Carter's the the step in right there. That's a guy you can maybe shift down the corner, can guard some slots, make it a little easier. It has to be that guy you go with. But I'm just confused. <laughs> another another super chat from our guy Chris Drew. He said Josh Proctor was a Trestle recruit. I think he was on a recruiting visit with Terrell Pryor. <laughs> yeah, Terrell Pryor. <laughs> 
As far as Jahad Carter, though, at that free safety position, I see Gojo or Gojay in the chat. I think he was at a couple open practices, and all the reports that we heard from open practices were, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jahad Carter was a ball hawk out there and was flying around. Every person that I talked to that was at any of these practices had nothing but glowing things to say about Jahad Carter. So if that's someone who keeps Malik Hartford off the field, I mean, and I know you'll be completely okay with it because I know you're stinking on Proctor Island. I know you are a Josh Proctor <laughs> guy. That is your man's. You so, play. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they confirmed it in the chat. Jihad was flying around at practice. So, I mean, I think with those three guys, um, you can't really go wrong. I would love to see our guy Malik out there. But, I mean, he's going to be here for a couple years, and I'm sure he'll get his shine uh, when his time's due. But if Jihad Carter's the guy, the experienced guy, and he's a – you know what I mean? If he's flying around out there making plays, I'm good with whoever they go with at that position. Yeah, same here. Um, the best will play. I want to see Malik Harper play. He's young. I want to see him hit the field. I want to see my guy Josh Proctor return and, and, and get some time. But, hey, the best will play. So we'll see. So um, moving on from safety, obviously, talked about the Jack a little bit. Mitchell Melton, C.J. Hicks repping there. Want to go ahead and get your thoughts on that. I'm starting to turn into Larry Johnson when I hear the term Jack. <laughs> get that shit out of my face. I want to hear it. <laughs> but, um, I mean, he said that C.J. Hicks and Mitchell Melton are both uh, both repping at the Jack position. Um, he says that position has a lot of freedom, so a lot of decision-making on the fly for them out there. Um, I know Mitch is his guy. Like, yeah. if there's one guy on this team that Jim loves, it's Mitch. Like, that is his dude. So I'm super excited to see what he's able to do because I did feel like Jim got a little bit of a raw deal last year. I don't think he ever anticipated putting Jack into the Jack role, and that kind of just happened with Mitchell Belton suffering that injury during the spring game last year. But I feel like, uh, I mean, if there, there's a graphic out there. You guys can find it uh, where Jim Knowles, during one of his coaching cl clinics, has a slide from one of his presentations that has the ideal body makeup um, of the Jack position. And it might as well just been a picture of CJ Hicks up there. Like, <laughs> to a T, it describes CJ Hicks. And for him to be so confident in Mitchell Melton's uh, ability to perform in that position and our belief in CJ Hicks to excel anywhere that you put him, I think you're not going to be able to go wrong, especially being able to rotate those two guys because I know he normally has – uh, more than one jack and is able to rotate that position so to have two of them two guys that you're comfortable with one guy that you're really comfortable with in the system and that you've been a fan of since you got with the program and another guy that's a five-star talent I think that's uh I think that's a great opportunity for both of those guys to get on the field and Jim Knowles to really spread his wings and display his defense in a way that he really wants it to be shown um yeah and um I was depending on that Jack Sawyer has been you know, we all reports is he's been really good at defensive end since moving there, holding that position current. So that's a good look right there. Maybe this Jack won't be in there a lot. Maybe it'll just be in there some because Jack's sort of just becoming so effective. I would love to see that. Um, Mitchell Melton returns. He's healthy. Um, he he got a raw deal as much as Jim knows last season. If he had a lot of hype coming to the offseason, we talked about, you know, he's recruit. He's athletic. And we're ready to see him play. Um, so all those things moving forward. CJ Hicks at the Jack. Um <clears throat> I more would, and this is a little bit off, but I would more love to hear like a, a Gay Powers or Arvell Reese or something like that because I think CJ is going to get a significant amount of time at linebacker and have his chance to play, and I feel like that's just a pass a pass rusher role that one of the younger linebackers could step into and get some experience, get some time, maybe back in a Mitchell Bolton there. So I would love to hear another name there besides CJ because I want to see CJ on the field 24-7. I want him peg hold to one position. I want to see him get out there and make plays. So – We'll go there, but it's all good news. I'm happy for Mitchell Melton. Happy he's back. I'm happy Jack Sawyer's balling out of defense in. Um, and that's where I'll go with it. I think Jim Knowles has his defense set. He knows what he wants to do. Very confident in him. Um, the end of last season didn't go well, but I think he's back. I think he's refreshed. I think he's opened his mind a little bit to the, the Ohio State ways a little more. So I'm confident in Jim, confident in his defense. Yeah, shout out to Jim, because I watched that Ryan Day press conference, and I tweeted out right after. I was like, this is quite possibly the most infuriating press conference <laughs> I've ever watched. And then after I watched Jim Knowles, I'm pointing at the screen like, this guy gets it? 
Like he knows what we're talking about. He's out here naming starters, talking about playing five stars. I'm like, this is shit I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> did it, man. So uh, Ryan but, uh, did a lot. Go ahead. Uh, before before you hop into that, Ron, we got 66 people in here. Everybody hit that like. We'll go back because we 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 we're hit we're hitting our hitting our goal number. So Ron, we had a special announcement for the people. If you were in here early, you you heard it about 30 minutes ago. But we got enough people in here. So Ron, go ahead and uh, let us know again what you will be doing very soon. Yeah. So uh, when we hit our 1K mark and announced uh, our thousand subscribers on YouTube, I hinted at we had another announcement coming soon, and we're finally ready to share that. Um, Bleacher Report reached out to me and asked me to host a, an Ohio State preview show, live show, uh, in app. So I will be doing that tomorrow at 2 p.m. previewing the Buckeye season and their chances of beating the team up north. So if you don't have that Bleacher Report app, make sure you download that. Best in media doing big things out here. So super excited to partner with Bleacher Report on this and be a part of their creator program. And yeah. We're going to be doing a live stream preview in the Ohio State season. So make sure you tap in on the app, download Bleacher Report, make sure that you find the Ohio State team stream. I would imagine that's going to be the easiest way to find it. And tap in tomorrow at 2 p.m. and see us, you know, doing our thing with Bleacher Report. So I'm super excited about that. And yeah, excited to announce that. So hope to see you guys all there. Hope to get it popping in the chat like we do here every morning. So if you guys can make it tomorrow, we really appreciate it if you'd be able to pull up. So super excited to announce that and hope to see you guys there tomorrow. Yeah, man, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. I can't I can't wait to see you on there, uh, Chris, Ron, and I've been on late night cooking it up. We we running through it. So Ron's gonna he's gonna go in there and kill it. I, I want those uh, Bleacher Report. I want those Bleacher Report check chains. The way I come in here, you know, the Buckeye <laughs> roasting a month with you know two big chains like my guy Chris Drew. You know, get a I little keep ice. Telling, on. I keep telling Q, I'm giving out everyone two Rolls Royces at the Christmas party in yeah. December. So <laughs> we're gonna need some some big deals here this season <laughs> to make it happen. Oh <laughs> uh, man, no, but um, no, definitely make sure you download download Bleacher Report. Let's get in there. Let's have it vibing. Let's, let's run it up. So can't wait for that. So um, like you were going to before, Ryan Day also did a radio show. Um, and, and you have some notes for that. So I'll let you take it away. What did Ryan Day talk about at his radio show? So something that we talked about yesterday during our pre-production last night um, was the transition of play calling and how that's going to go for the team. And Ryan Day talked about that on the radio show. And I thought it was kind of funny. He said he will continue to call the majority of plays and said that Brian Hartline did a good job installing the offense for the first time. So uh, it seemed like he really let go of the reins during the offseason and let uh, Brian Hartline do his thing. But he also said he feels like it's going to be a transition into play calling and he's still going to handle the majority of the play calling. And it's going to be a similar play calling situation to that of him and Kevin Wilson. And when I hear that, I'm like, well, it sounds like Ryan Day is calling the plays and Kevin Wilson can share his opinion and Ryan Day will do what he wants with it. And I feel like it's going to be a similar thing with Brian Hartline. He'll be very involved in the game planning. Uh, he will have Ryan Day's ear. But at the end of the day, Ryan Day's not letting go of that play sheet. And it's kind of funny that he even hinted that he would because, <laughs> you, I mean, um, Jim, you just saw what Jimbo did last year and that man will not yeah. give up that play sheet. And that offense looked terrible. Ryan Day is one of the greatest play callers in college football. Why would he give up that play sheet? Well, yeah, if you compare yourself to Jimbo, he's going to be doing it forever. Because, like, you <laughs> 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 did not do it well in Ryan Day, you know, torch the, 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 uh, the, the ghost of defenses that we've heard two years about that this monster defense that he just went in there and he said, oh, oh, y'all play defense down in Georgia? All right, let's see. So... <laughs> Um, this is interesting, man. I'm not mad at it, and, and this is why. Brian Hartline has never called plays before. He's never coordinated the offense. He's rolling in very new, and I want to see Ryan Day kind of walk him into this role. I don't mind it so much. I do Now I do want um, Brian Hartline to grow into his role so Ryan Day can step out and take a CEO role. But certainly, this is the first season. We think Brian Hartline is going to be here for a bit now that he's got this OC role, so not worry about him just running out the door after the season. Want him to grow into it. Want him to take his time. Want Ryan Day to be able to coach him through and say, hey, this is why I called this. This is why I called that. We got some games. We're going to be blowing some teams out. It's like in this situation, where would you go? Brian, 
you got the um, you got the reins run it. Let me see what you talk about. So I'm not mad at it a little bit. Um, Ryan Day is one of the best play callers in the game. That's why he's here. That's why he got this head coaching job. He's 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 best at this is best straight work with quarterbacks and, and calling offenses. So I'm not terribly yet, especially if we get the Georgia Ryan Day, you know, calling plays. I don't think we lose this season if we do. So um, I'm not mad at it, to be honest. Uh, but I do want Brian Hartline to get to get his shot, grow into this role and then be able to take you know, take full control and, and let's roll. He said something super interesting. You referenced that phrase CEO role, and I'm going to ask you something. Yeah. In the CEO role, don't you think that would give him more time with, with Brian Hartline installing the offense, Ryan Day taking a step back, a more CEO approach? Don't you think that would give him more time and uh, more foresight to make a decision on the quarterback battle? <laughs> I You're mean, not installing the offense. You're not calling plays in practice. Don't you think that would give you a little bit more time to evaluate a I mean, I don't know, I quarterback battle? Will, but it's quarterback and play calling is so close together that I think I don't think he's going to have more foresight if he would necessarily step back because he's so in tune of working with those guys day in, day out, working with the office day in, day out, that he knows who's running this offense and who runs it better. Like, like he, I don't know if that necessarily would, he would have came out and made a decision by Apparently now. Apparently not. It's 50 50, bro. And if it's 50 50, you play the guy that's well, older. We paid, we paid for <laughs> him not taking the CEO role on defense. That's where we paid for it at. We didn't pay for it at quarterback play. We didn't pay for it at him picking the right guy to run the offense. We paid for it on defense where it was like, how did you let this go on for this long? I think Corey Dennis should make the decision. Hey, Corey Dennis ain't missed. Yeah, I, I did a whole episode defending Corey Dennis, telling you why he was the, one of the top staff members on the team. So you won't get plates out of me. I've never I know changed that's your man's. I know and that's I, your man's. I, I remember all my takes. I ain't never changed <laughs> it up. So I'm cool with it. But um, I want to see Ryan Day step back to CEO role just for the, the health of the entire program. But I don't think it, it would have made him make a decision by now. I mean, I, I, I'm i cool with this decision. I think he's closer to quarterbacks. I think he's going to make the right decision when the time comes. I got faith in him. Make it this week, please, for us. But, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm good with this whole situation. I'm excited to see what Hardline does when he gets his shot and let's see him grow and get better. Yeah, I mean, so that pretty much wraps up our coaches' interviews. But there's one last thing that I wanted to touch on before we get out of here. Those piss skunks up north, <laughs> they imposed a three-game suspension on your boy Jimmy Hairball. Are they worried that this man's going to get out of there? Because when I look at it from an outside perspective, I see a three-game self-imposed suspension after Harbaugh fought the NCAA, and it sounds like Michigan's getting front in front of this. Harbaugh's going to flee town at the end of the season, and they're trying not to catch the hammer when Harbaugh's already gone and the only person left to punish is the university. Yeah. Um, especially when we, we had them say, Nope, we're not following your, uh, <laughs> your already predisposed suspension. We going, we going to come up with our own, which can't be, can't be better than the one Michigan was trying to do. So yeah, I think they're trying to get in front of it a little bit. Um, it's interesting news. They're going to throw a three game suspension on and those three games do not matter at all. I could coach those games and Michigan win it. So it's not it's not going to matter, but I think it's interesting. I think the year they're trying to mitigate it for when Hardball leaves because he's been very skittish. He might run out at any time that their new their new coach in the, in the program after does not face the consequences of what happened. So I, I would agree with that 200 percent. So before we wrap up, you did say you could coach Michigan through those three games. If you coach Michigan, who would you start at running back? Oh, I'm self-sabotaging 100% with my with my fanhood. But if I go in there and be honest, and I'll start Dawson Edwards, and I'm like, the dawn. When you get when you get tired, you let me know. <laughs> so, hey, you, it's gonna be like when you have a star player, and uh, you know, hey, tell that little fella to get in there. Dawn's tired. When you coach the youth league, you have a star player. He's like, I'm tired. No, you're not. You're not tired. You staying in the game. You good. You you want to play him? No, no, you you good. You try to get me fired? Keep playing. Go in there. <laughs> 22 dive. It's like when you're running no huddle offense on Madden and your whole team's hunched over in the red zone and yeah. like and they're about to bring in the second string running back. They they send the second string running back in and you're like, no, timeout. 
Time out. I don't even want this guy. Get the starter back in here. I got to burn one, bro. Get him in here. I'm not doing this. Time out. I ain't nobody. (laughs) No breaks. Yeah, give this some juice, man. But, yeah, no, I think they're trying to get in front of it. But, um, yeah, um, hopefully – I mean, I don't know. I, I feel kind of like I don't have no heart for Michigan, but the way NCAA doing them is a little bit wrong in my opinion. But hopefully this makes it so they still, you know. I don't know what the fuck's Q's talking about. Fuck Michigan. The NCAA – Like, I'm back. SEC teams is out here throwing money through hospitals. <laughs> Uh, all this stuff, bro. Like, hey, I want the Big Ten to be successful. I don't That's care the ACC. Was, I mean, you know, Michigan can win games. They ain't beating Ohio State. They, they, when there it goes, they can stop it. So I don't care. They can be 11 or walking the game. We blow their ass out. That's the way I would love to see it. But the NCAA has shafted them with what they let other people do. So I will always say this joint is wrong. That's what I'm saying. They're always picking on the Big Ten. When when are we going to see the documentary about God's NIL down at Clemson and see what's really going on down there? Yeah, yeah. You know how the church is doing with money. So let's not get into that. Let's not get canceled. Let's move move on from NIL. So, yeah, let's get out of here before we get canceled. We got a big day tomorrow. Feature report again. Shout out to them for having me do this season preview. So I'm super excited for that. BDMG coming to the big league, showing up on Bleacher Report. So we're super excited about that. Before we get out of here, Q, let the people know where they can find you. Actually, 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 before we get out of here, there are 77 people in here. Smash that like button. It costs nothing. It helps us a ton. Make sure you smash that like button before you get out of here i know not all 76 of you are subscribed so please make sure that you subscribe to the channel before you get out of here we will be live again tonight at 6 50 for the edric houston commitment so make sure you got that notification bell turned on so you have that notification as soon as we go live i think cam will be with us i don't know if mike will be there but we're gonna try to get a couple special guests on there and have a fun little live stream tonight for this commitment hopefully the buckeyes are adding a five star if not, it's going to be like that Lightfoot commitment where all of us are looking down like, egg on our face. Like, uh, why did we do this? <laughs> what thought of doing this show? <laughs> Whose idea was for Q? Let the people know where they can find you. Yeah, man. Well, when I'm not getting canceled for uh, preachers rolling around with Rolls Royces, you can find me at City Boy Quinn on Twitter. <laughs> I might be I might be out there. I'm easy to tap in with. Fly to Joss on Instagram. Marley Films on TikTok. And here you will catch me tomorrow in the comment section on Bleacher Report. That's for sure. Go ahead, Ron. And if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at 2 underscore T-E-E-S. That's two T's on Twitch. It's the same thing on TikTok at 2 Shiesty. You can find me tomorrow on the Bleacher Report app at 2 p.m. doing an Ohio State season preview for the Buckeyes. You can also find me here every day with my guy Q for the Buckeye Rose Sundays with our guys Mike and Cam. I almost called him Ron as if my name is not Ron, but Mike and Cam every Sunday for Buckeye BS at 10 p.m. Appreciate all you guys pulling up, and we will see you later today.